Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, how many of you brought your Bible? You got, you got a phone, you have a Bible, paper bag. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. How many of you know that family is a big deal to God? Family is very important to God. You know, I've been reading through the Bible. I've read through the Bible so many, uh, so many years in a row and go through it every year. And this time I'm doing the chronological Bible, you know, and so everything is spaced out. And so the, today uh, in the plan that I'm on, it was talking about all of the different Levites and it lists every one of them, it lists all their families, it lists, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the ones from, I'm not gonna do their names, but anyway. So it lists all this family. And then if you've ever been through numbers, you've been through, tried to get through Leviticus, you know, oftentimes people will start the Bible reading plan at the first of the year and then they get to Leviticus and they're like, oh, you know, I can't even pronounce all these people. But isn't it cool that God took the trouble to list every person? There's not a single person he didn't list. He cares about each one of us. And God is so much about relationship. That's really the main thing that he's interested in in his relationship with you. It's not so much that you'll follow rules, that you'll be an amazing, well, let me say it this way. It's not, it's not the people that read the most word of God. It's not the people that, that give the greatest sacrifice. It's not the people that give the most money. It's not the people that spend the most time in prayer that, that know him best. It's the people who are closest to him. The people that are in relationship with him. I mean, relationship is pretty simple when you think about it. It's just caring about someone. My wife and I, we, we've been married 30 years now. Celebrated last August 1st. We picked August 1st because we wanted a date that we could remember. Plus, it's etched in my ring, <laughs> just in case, you know, I lose my mind or something. Um, but in my ring is also, um, it says, uh, happily ever after in there. Just a little tidbit, but yeah. Anyway, I wrote a song for it called Happily Ever After too, but anyway, it's... Who's keeping score here? But um, no, but I, see, God wants to have a meaningful relationship with you. I've heard people say um, many times, well, God knows my heart. He knows my heart. I mean, he knows me well. I mean, he can read my mind. Yes, he can I mean, he created you. He knows what you like better than you know what you like. Yeah. And, he, and he loves you tremendously, but God does not want this to be a one-sided relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I can't cop out of getting to know him simply because I know he knows everything about me. Yeah, God knows your heart, but God wants you to know his heart. Have you ever thought about David out there shepherding in the field? 
Bible talks about how David invented all of these musical instruments. Man, there was, a, there was a lot of them. He created all these instruments and he was a great musician, you know? And I'm, I would imagine watching sheep, even though I know uh, taking care of sheep is, is a great responsibility. It's huge. I finished a book, Lance and I were talking about this before service because he's reading the same book, uh, The Way of the Shepherd. And, and it's, it's a story of a guy that, that is, was a sheep farmer and he learned how to shepherd sheep first. And so there's a great responsibility there. But I would imagine that David had some downtime out there in the field too. And instead of being unproductive, he spent a lot of time learning who God was and in relationship with him. How do we know that? Because it's all reflected in his life later. I mean, God, this is the man in the Bible that God said, this is a man that's after my own heart. What does that mean? That means he, it's like he's reading my mind. Now, my wife and I, we've, we've been married so long. I mean, after 30 years of marriage, you, you begin to talk alike, you begin to look alike. She looks a little better, I think, than I do. But, but you know, you know, people can kind of look like their dog. Damn, sorry. But, but Nicole and I, we're at a place now in relationship where she just practically reads my mind every day. She knows what I'm going to eat. She knows what my schedule is going to be. She knows, she, she says what I, she'll finish my sentences. I can hear her now as I'm talking to you. She's finishing my sentence. You remember that old, there was an old movie with Tony Randall in it that he's like, He's trying to tell his wife something and she's finishing all of his sentences before he can finish, you know, before he can tell her. And then he finally gets up out of bed and leaves the room. She says, honey, where are you going? He said, I'm going to go finish something. She said, what? He said, a sentence. I want to finish a sentence. Sometimes I feel like that. I feel like, not, I feel like she knows me too well, but I know her. Because we've spent a lot of time getting to know one another. And sometimes we know a lot about God, but do we know him? Do we know? So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. What does it mean to know God? Matthew chapter seven. How many of you have found it by now? I was hoping I talked long enough. Okay, Matthew seven. Look at verse 21. It says, now everyone not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I mean, the... the the thing that's so interesting are these, these are people that are close to him. These are, these are followers. These are people that know about God. These are people that have cast out demons. They have prophesied. They have worked wonders in his name, but yet he is saying, I never knew you. That word knew, according to the theological dictionary of the New Testament, means this, to come to know. That means, that means there's a starting point and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. You get closer 
and closer because even though Nicole and I have been married 30 years, I still don't know everything about her. Because 30 years ago, she was a different woman. She keeps changing. Like, I, you know, it's like I'm, I'm learning her. As, as I go, okay. So, all right, so let's move on. Sorry, I get, I get hung up on stuff. So, <laughs> so it's one thing to know about someone, but it's another thing to know them. You know, I, I mentioned that John looks kind of like Kurt Warner. Well, I know some facts about Kurt, Kurt Warner. I mean, I remember watching him play back when it was the St. Louis Rams for that temporary season that it was and how he came out of the Arena Football League and how, I mean, I, I watched his movie. I even read his book. Did you know he had a book? Yeah. And I know some stuff about Kurt Warner and I, I believe in Kurt Warner because, you know, he's got a special needs son and, you know, he has an organization that, that helps kids that are special needs kids. And that's amazing. I believe in Kurt Warner, but I don't know Kurt Warner. Because I've heard people say to me, I've asked people, hey, you know, are you, are you born again? Have you ever made Jesus Lord of your life? And I've gotten this response several times. Oh, I know God. Oh, I believe in God. That wasn't what I asked. I mean, you can believe in someone and not know them. All right, I'll talk, talk to you about that in a minute. So there's a difference in there. So last week we talked about uh, what to do if you lose your hunger. And we talked about hunger level and how it affects your faith, that it's a, it's a factor for your faith. Because where I feel like God is trying to take me eventually is how to believe God for things in faith, how to stand in faith, how to be firm in your faith, like he prayed over, G, over Peter. Um, but in the midst of all this, he's been, he's been showing me, wait, if we're not hungry for him, it's reflective of the condition of our faith. Hunger is really important. When we come in here, our expectation level when we come into church determines what we receive. It's not 100% based on me or the music or, or anything else that happens up here. You know, I mean, we, we're gonna prepare 100%. I'm all in. This is Super Bowl Sunday right here. But there's two responsibilities. There's two sides to this coin, isn't there? So it's good work. Okay, hunger. So our hunger level is reflected, is reflective of our closeness to him. I love John in the Bible, Gospel John. John the disciple, because he was the one that was close to Jesus. Every time you read about John, he's, he's close. Sitting next to him, he's, he's leaning on his chest. I mean, he's, he's in there close. Mary, same way. We read about Mary. Every time we see Mary, she's at his feet. She's laid aside everything else. It's hunger. It's that closeness. Man, whoo. So above all else, man, we should pursue that close, intimate relationship with him. Amen? So turn over to Psalm 103. I want to talk a little bit about this. Psalm 103. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. 
I want to read it to you out of the New King James. I'll read it there first. And I'm sure you've probably read this verse and you'll be familiar with it. But let's look at it first out of the New King James. In verse one, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that's interesting. When you've got good words in your mouth, your strength is being renewed there. But I want to read the first two verses out of the Passion Translation. Okay, if you got anything against the Passion Translation, don't worry. I'll come back to the New King James and you can get saved again, okay? Um, but the Passion Translation in verse one, it says, with my whole heart. Now, let's remember who wrote this. Who wrote this? David. Exactly. Okay, with my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before you the holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. Whoa, I, got, I need to read that again. With my whole heart, my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before you the holy God, Yahweh. You are my soul's celebration. Now, back to the new King James. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Before I can get the benefits of God, before I receive the benefits of God, let me say it that way, I need to bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Is this making sense? Because in the bless the Lord, O oh my soul is where the closeness is. Everything else that I read to you about he who forgives our iniquity, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, all these benefits come as a result of bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Is that making sense? Because this is powerful if we'll get this here. Because King David, he wrote this. He, you can't do the things that King David did and not have a close relationship with God. As close as you could have them. He didn't even have the Holy Spirit. But yet he was a man after the heart of God. What did he... How can you be a person after the heart of God? That means that what God is interested in and what he cares about is more important than what you and I care about and what we feel is important. Yeah. So, again, it's not about those who pray the most, who serve the most, who read the most, that know him best. It's about those who are closest. Wow. Do you remember... Why, why did God deliver the Israelites from Egypt? Why did he bring them out? They begin to cry out to him, right? And, and, and he went to Moses. He had the burning bush. Actually, Moses came, checked out the burning bush. God has that, he has that encounter with God. And God says, go to Egypt. I'm sending you there. I'm going to deliver my people. So he delivered them. And where did he want to bring them? Now, thank, because... I'm not trying to make this a trick question, but it can be. See, because the promised land, it was the final destination, but the promised land, God wasn't giving the children of Israel the promised land because they were so great. It was because the people in the land were so bad. Go back and read it for yourself. He said, I, I, the sin 
of the people there is so great. So I'm going to give them your land. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Right? So, but where did God want to bring them? He told Moses, he said, I'm going to deliver them from Egypt and I'm going to bring them to this mountain and you guys will worship me on this mountain. So what is he wanting to do? He, the first place that God wants to bring them before they get the benefits of the promised land is he wants to bring them to himself, to a relationship with him. And see, it's so much better now because we're under such a, a new and better promise, a new and better covenant so that we have Holy Spirit. God is in us. It went from God above us to God with us to now God in us. Oh, it just doesn't get any better than that. I don't know how people live without the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Man, it's, it's got to be a drag. But at times, not always, but... Um, so he brings the people to Mount Sinai. He brings them there to worship, but there's a problem. Only one man comes up on the mountain to have a relationship with God. Who was it? Moses. Moses climbed the mountain. Everyone else said, no, we're afraid. We're afraid. And I, you know, it said it looked like fire on top of the mountain. I mean, the whole mountain is shaking and rumbling. That's got to be quite a sight. You want me to climb up there, you know? But, but the problem was is that they didn't, they, they said, we're afraid, Moses. You go talk to God and we'll listen to what he says through you. How can you have a relationship that way? How can you have a relationship with God through somebody else, through a minister, through, through a prophet? The answer is you can't. The thing that God wanted was he wanted all of them to come up the mountain. He want, his whole, the whole story of the Bible is God trying to get his kids back because he wants to have relationship with you. Let, let me ask you this question. Let's go ahead and answer this question. It's in my notes, and I'm, but I'm jumping all around in my notes anyway, so it really doesn't matter. And that, why are you here? Why were you born? Why were you and I created? Did God need someone to worship him? I mean, I, I don't think God needs our affirmation. He's pretty secure in who he is. He doesn't have any insecurity issues. He's God, right? So why did he create us? Think about this. God is love. He's, God doesn't have love. He is love. So John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave. That eighth word is a key word in that scripture that he loved the world so much that he gave because giving is the very essence of love. It's not love unless I'm giving it to somebody else. I was having a, a my daughter uh, called yesterday and she was on FaceTime and we were showing her, we, we ripped all of our carpet out of the house yesterday and we were painting the floors and man, it was a fun project. But and so she was on the phone throughout the process and how's it going, what's it look like now? And we're talking and anyway, her husband 
they've been married, it'll be a year, March 30th, and uh, her husband, he said, uh, I said, well, what are you guys doing? He was, they were in the car, and he said, well, he said, I'm sacrificing what I want to do, and I'm taking my wife to go get some sherbet ice cream. I thought, cool. He, he has just given me the definition of what love is. <laughs> is love is me giving to someone else. And, and God, if he is love, he must have a lot of love that he wants to give to someone else. So you and I were created to be his kids. What better person to give stuff to, give love to than your children? Oh man, this is so good. But he wanted to teach us to love so we could give back to him. He doesn't need us, but he sure appreciates love. Man, oh, it's not, it's not fun to love somebody and them not love you back. Oh, I want, man, I'm jumping all around. Okay. Let me find out where I am here. <laughs> All right. So David was really, he had a real close relationship with God, right? How, how do we know that? In, in, in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, when he goes and he visits his brothers and he takes, you know, the supplies that his, brought, that his father told him to take and he obeys his dad and he goes and he's just checking on his brothers to see how, how it's going with the war with the Philistines. And then this great Philistine warrior, Goliath, comes out and he comes walking out and then all the children of Israel, all the soldiers of Israel, they go and they hide behind trees and in caves and they duck down behind bushes and they're all afraid of Goliath. And Goliath comes out and he begins to taunt them. And what does David say? David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? How could he say that? Because of his closeness to the Father. He has the heart of God. And he understands the heart of God is not for the Israelites to run scared. Amen? All right. See, too often... we're pursuing what God can do for us instead of pursuing our relationship with him. You know, John brought out during the offering about that we're the bride, he's the bridegroom. <clears throat> so I remember Nicole and I, when we dated, see, we dated through a, an ancient social media platform called the United States Postal Service. <laughs> and... Uh, we did, we wrote letters. And I, I, I didn't see a picture of her for some time. I, asked, I kept asking her to send me a picture and she had her, she was a teacher. She had her entire class draw a picture of Miss Nicole. I still have them, I have this stack of crayon drawings of, of who is now my wife. <clears throat> but I'm sorry, where was I going with that? I apologize, I got hung up on the, on the huh? Yeah, the bride and bridegroom. Thank you, John. Keep me on track. So, so, so we're, the, we're the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom. And I remember when Nicole and I were dating and then we started, we got engaged and we're developing that relationship. It gets closer and closer and closer. And in, during that time and in that relationship, I just couldn't do enough for her. 
I wanted to know more about her. I wanted to know how I could bless her. And that relationship just came closer and closer. And we got to know each other. I mean, we, you know, there, were, there was nothing hidden that was not revealed in that dating time and that courting time. Because we thought, man, we're going to get everything out in the open because we don't want anything crawling out later, anything coming out later on. She needs to know everything about me. I need to know everything about her, you know? And so we know each other so well through that process. We got to know each other. So then it became so easy whenever I asked her for something for her to give it to me or vice versa. See where I'm going? Because sometimes we come in prayer to our father who we have relationship with and it's supplication, 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 supplication. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, fix them. God, change this. God, do this. God, please, 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 please. And I wonder if much of the time if he's not saying, hey, it was good talk. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. I, I know this will be a little uh, stepping on some toes here. But let me, let me jump back down. Like I said, I jumped all over the place. So it's in the closeness of relationship that we hear the heart of the bridegroom. And that causes a greater desire for him. And, you know, David, that's how David had this desire to build, want to build the temple. Remember, he just wanted to build the temple and God wouldn't let him build the temple. He said, you've killed too many people. You've got too much blood on your hands, but your son will do it. So what did David do? He decided, he said, you know what? I, I won't get to build it, but I'm gonna make the plans. I'm gonna raise all the money. I'm gonna get everything needed so that when, because my son Solomon, he's a young kid. So he doesn't really know enough yet. So I'm gonna get everything laid out and everything put, <laughs> he did it anyway. He just didn't build it. Because he had so much love for God. Let me tell you something. After 30 years, and how many of you can identify this? 30 years of marriage, you've bought every gift. You have, I mean, you know, it gets difficult. It starts getting difficult to be creative and think of new ways, fresh ways that I can bless my wife. We've been married 30 years. What have I not done for you? And so whenever I hear ideas, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Somebody had this idea because we wrote letters for so long. She said, well, when was the last time that you wrote a letter to your wife? And I went, that's a good idea. I mean, it's been, it's been a long time. And I wrote her a letter and she cried. She literally cried. So here I am this last Christmas and I'm going, what could I do for Nicole? Well, fortunately, the year before, she had sent me this little text and it said, um, it was a picture of a bracelet and it was when Becca was getting her uh, wedding gown adjusted and, uh, and, and fixed and everything. And, and she said, this, this might be a nice Mother's Day gift. Well, Nicole, you, don't, you gotta know Nicole. She's already buying Christmas gifts for next year. I mean, that's where she's at. She's just always, she's 60 miles out here and I'm 
reeler back, you know, hey, whoa, <laughs> you know, we got today, you know, going on. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to be a part, no, I'm teasing. She's going to hear this and go, honey, why'd you, um, but <laughs> anyway, she will. Uh, so, huh? Because she loves me. So anyway, so I had this picture, and I, well, I remembered her talking about it, and guess what? I had taken that picture, and I had put it on my desktop of my laptop in the corner, so it would remind me and trigger me to, you need to buy that. You need to check out, she, she likes this, she wants this. So here I am a year later, wondering how am I going, what am I going to get? And I, so I see that picture, and I pull it up, and it even tells me the lady's name. Well, I called her. I went over to her house. She wasn't there. We tried to meet. Anyway, it was a big ordeal. But when she opened that gift on Christmas morning, oh, it was worth every minute. Why? Man, I just want to bless her. I just want to bless her. And I just want to bless God. I want every Sunday that God is just going, I, I can't wait till Sunday gets here. Because I know the people at Vision are going to lift me up. And, and, and I'm going to get to draw close to them. And I'm going to get to have sweet communion, sweet fellowship. Let me tell you, when Nicole and I were dating, it, it was long distance. We're writing letters, right? Then we started making uh, long distance phone calls. How many of you remember there was a cost to long distance phone calls? Right? And so we would talk every Friday night. At 10 p.m., I don't know why that was the time. You'll have to ask her. I don't remember. But we, oh, because she'd get off work Friday. And so at 10 p.m., I would call. We would talk on the phone for one hour, and I had a $400 a month phone bill. Once a week. Well, guess what? Monday, not so exciting. Tuesday, I'm going to write another letter. Wednesday, and get over the hump here and then Thursday one more day by Friday by 10 we were like ah yes yes and I was always a wind down kind of guy you know on the end of the call you know just kind of wind the call down not Nicole she's like okay we'll see you later boom I mean it was Hello? <laughs> you know, <laughs> one time her mom made her call me back because she felt bad for me. And I said, thank you, compassion. Anyway, sorry. But, but I'm, go, I'm going after her because I want to have an intimate relationship with her. I don't want my relationship with God to be any different. I don't want it to be one-sided where he's always the one pouring out the love. He's always the one making the sacrifices. He's always the one coming this direction, answering my prayer need and meeting my need and, and taking care of this. And, you know, it's all, it's all one-sided. What about, what about David? And what about me wanting to build the temple for him? God, what can I do for you today? Who needs you in their life? Who do you need me to reach out to? You know, I, there's a reason you're in the drive-thru and that person is going like this on their arm or whatever it is, is it's an opportunity for you and I to love them, to minister to God's creation, His goodness. It's time to ask, hey man, what's going on with your arm? Well, yeah, it's injured. I injured it the other day. Man, let me pray for you. Give me your arm. 
I was in the dry cleaners the other day and this lady is in there. She's the owner of the, of the dry cleaners. And I, I drive clear across the town because God just opened a door for a relationship there. And uh, her finger was all bent. She had taken a spill and fallen down and she had a big bruise in her leg. And, and I mean, her finger was crooked. And, and I said, do you mind if I just pray? Could I pray for your finger? Here, give me your finger. She laid it there in my hand. And I just said, and I just prayed for her. And then I looked up and she had a tear in her eye. It's not a... I, it's, ah. See, I think we need to learn to seek God and a relationship with Him more than what He can do for us. That's what Matthew 6.33 says. The entire, the entire chapter in Matthew chapter 6 is all about needs getting our needs met. Why do you worry about what food you're going to eat, what clothes you're going to wear, and what, where you're going to live, and all of these things? Why do you worry about all this stuff? One thing, he's saying one thing is needed, and that's the relationship with me, because in Psalm 103, all those benefits come with the main dish. He's the main course. He's the one that we want to be closest to because then all of my needs are, are met. Paul said it in Philippians 4.19. He said, and my God shall supply, shall, key word, shall supply all of my need according, all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not based on your income, not based on what you can do, but I've got to seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, my in right standing with him, having a relationship with him. Man, there's a point that you pass in prayer that you get past toiling and just trying to get your mind focused and get rid of squirrel moments and get to this place where finally it's like, oh, and God is going, there you are. Thank you for coming. See, this is, why, this is why we're supposed to go after praying continually. How do you pray continually? He's a daily part of every part of my life. Man, it's, wow. <clears throat> okay. How am I going to wrap this up, God? Thank you, Lord. I just, there's just so much more. But I'm feeling compelled to, to pray. <clears throat> yeah just want to make sure I didn't miss something important <laughs> okay yeah I want to pray for you this morning because <clears throat> sometimes people don't draw close to God because their conscience is not clear. You know, you remember in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, they pulled away. They went and they hid. They tried to, they tried to make some clothes out of leaves or whatever and, and cover up and, and they, they hid. And the Lord came and he walked with them in the garden every day in the cool of the day. Why would he do that? 
intimacy. He wants an intimate relationship. So he came every day. How cool would that be? Well, he's here now, inside. He's walking with me every day. But what happened? When they sinned, they went and hid. And God comes and, and in the garden in the cool of the day, and he says, where are you? He may not be asking where they are physically. He may be asking more, what happened? Why are you hiding? And they said, well, we realized that we were naked, and, and so we wanted to cover up. And he said, who told you that? Did you eat of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil? And see, when sin entered the picture, suddenly now there's a defiled conscience. And when there's a defiled conscience, you and I, it's difficult to draw close because God can't be around sin. But 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And guess what? I have a clear conscience. And the enemy may try to bring condemnation, but thank God Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. In Christ is the key. So, man, I, I, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Before we go to God in faith, we need to have these basic things aligned correctly. You know what I mean? Instead of just, well, I'm, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God for this and I'm going to ask God for this. Wait, wait, wait. Lynn, let's, why don't we work on relationship here? Because wouldn't it be better for the bride to ask the bridegroom instead of a stranger asking the king for favor? Because God is very favorable and he's very merciful. But once we know something, we become responsible for what we know. You took the driver's test, right? Okay, you get out and you start driving, you become responsible for, you can't drive like some of those Okies do. I'm an Okie, by the way. So I, I wanna pray for you, sorry. Would you bow your heads all around the room? Thank you, Father. Wow, thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for every person here. God, I thank you that you desire to have a close relationship with each of us. Lord, you desire to know, for us to know you <laughs> and us to understand you and who you are. God, we know that you know us and, and, and we don't want to take that for granted either, but we thank you for this invitation to come and to have this amazing, intimate relationship with you, Lord, that we can be so close that we hear your heart on everything. So Father, I just pray for every person here that desires that, 